<laughs> you have to compose yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always weird starting. <laughs> uh, well, if you want a good cold open, that was a good one. Yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Welcome back to Femme Fatale, a podcast supporting women writing science fiction and fantasy. I'm Moya, and I'm here with Noelle Rathnaw today. Hi, everybody. I'm back. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> nope, never. <laughs> Not gonna allow it. Uh, and today we are talking about problematic authors. <laughs> Everyone's favorite topic. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's gonna get a little dicey probably in some parts, so buckle up. <laughs> But uh, this episode is not really to uh, discuss specific problematic authors, per se. It's more to discuss the topic as a whole, because I would like to have like a series of episodes about specific problematic authors. And we're just going to kind of cover what that means, and then I will, at the end, explain how that will be handled on the podcast in the future. Uh, but anyways... Any opening thoughts, Noelle? Opening thoughts. Um, wow. Uh, book Twitter is toxic. I'm not a fan of cancel culture. Um, we can dive into that whenever you want to. Uh, and just kind of go into like, I don't know, what it is to be a, a problematic author and how that kind of arises. And is the problematic as an adjective is the definition of that, what we have in our heads, is that actually what it means? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just because when you say problematic author, um, for me, a couple of folks that, that automatically come to mind, uh, J.K. Rowling, um, I've seen some stuff about Jay Kristoff, like, just... People that you have seen a lot of, like, articles and, like, Twitter threads and, like, feeds mm -hmm. about are just, like, this person put this in their book and how dare they, they said this online. And it's really convoluted because <laughs> because then you get into the territory of, um, of censorship and are authors allowed to say things that not everybody agrees with? Mm -hmm. And um, if we get rid of everybody that disagrees with us, where are we going to be? Mm -hmm. So it's... It's a tricky situation for me, um, so that's why I say I'm against cancel culture, but with, like, an asterisk at the end, <laughs> because I do think that people should be held responsible for yeah. the for the bad things that they say. I think mm -hmm. there should be consequences, but I don't ever believe that we should not give people second chances or third chances. Like, I'm mm -hmm. always one for redemption mm -hmm. um, and, and learning, and I don't think that labeling an author problematic forever... Mm -hmm. Is, is something that creates a learning environment on either side. Right, right. Like, rather than right off the bat attacking the author and being super accusatory and just deciding to never read their books again, just coming at it with a calmer demeanor of like, hey, I noticed this and this might be harmful to some people, some people might, might not appreciate this, and then seeing what happens in the future. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately... They are, like, this sounds really harsh and all that, but ultimately they're the author. They don't have to listen to the readers. 
at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they want to sell books, they probably should to some point. But Right, right. And I think it's important to even mention that, like, this happens mostly in a YA space. Yeah. You know, it's not a lot of adult authors are being canceled. Yeah. And uh, it's it's usually the, the hyper, air quote, woke folk mm-hmm. within the book community in the YA section mm-hmm. that are, like, really gung-ho about calling these things out. Yeah. Which... You know, there's there's a part of that that is good. Like, the people are, are wanting to be sensitive and wanting to mm-hmm. understand um, and, and bring in new perspectives and be sensitive to people that have alternating, alter, not alternating, alternative mm-hmm. ideas to what mainstream society is. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if that's, it, it's just kind of like a riot online where yeah. everybody gets caught up in the emotion, everybody gets caught up in the... Um, in in the wave of it, mm-hmm. and some people might be doing research, some people might actually have level heads, but most everybody is just kind of commenting on a clickbait article. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's 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 a rough space to be if you are an <laughs> author, especially in the YA genre. You really gotta like walk around glass. Yeah, I mean, yeah, essentially, because there's there's. Like in research, doing research, there were a lot of things that I saw. It's like I, there's very little chance that that author purposely was trying to harm someone, right? And that I feel like that needs to be taken into consideration a lot of times because it's like, okay, they did something that was a little off, or maybe they didn't realize was going to hurt people. It's like, okay, tell them, you know, like like let them know, but like. It most likely wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine how many things I do in a day that unintentionally might have hurt somebody. Right. And I'm not like I'm, I don't think I'm a mean person. I don't, you're not a mean person <laughs> at all. It's one of those things, it's like, if you, if your friend did something mm-hmm. that was, you know, sl- like hurt your feelings or they said something or they did something that was like, wow, I didn't love that. Where did mm-hmm. that come from? Yeah. If you were in a healthy relationship with that person, mm-hmm. you would go and have a conversation with them, and hopefully they would be able to be like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. That was not, yeah. I shouldn't have done that, or I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. And what the internet, as as wonderful as it is for a lot of things, what the internet has done has taken away the the personhood mm-hmm. behind the the Twitter handle, mm-hmm. behind the Instagram handle. Like, we've, we've completely removed the fact that that is an actual being mm-hmm. looking at whatever I'm replying to or someone else is saying like that mm-hmm. we completely remove that from um from when we from when we do it it's just like ah that's enough that's just I'm looking at a computer screen I'm looking at text online nobody is actually being impacted by the words that I'm saying mm-hmm. and I think that oftentimes it becomes it, it just is this toxic spiral of okay so this author originally said something hurtful and then the community got really hurt and they started firing back torpedoes towards mm-hmm. this author who was just like, whoa, guys, <laughs> I I did not mean what that like came off as. I really didn't. And yeah. obviously there are some authors that say stuff and they mean it and, you know, there deserve to be consequences for that. But mm-hmm. I don't want people to go and just berate another human being because of a misunderstanding or because of... Um, because they get so 
offended about it, mm-hmm. that there's not a, an ability to have a learning moment. And yeah. I think that's what's important. I think there needs to be learning moments mm-hmm. on either side. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so kind of segueing into what makes mm-hmm. an author problematic and what is it like what does it mean to be a problematic author and like maybe we could talk about um how does that look in culture mm-hmm. and then how does that look to both of us yeah sure um do you want to start you want me to start go ahead okay um so i think for me i mean problematic for me is just kind of black and white almost uh in the fact that if an author's problematic, it's somebody who unapologetically is saying terrible things about people or representing a specific race or people group with ill intent, ill intentions. <laughs> um, and that that is very much a problematic author, very much someone who deserves to have consequences and probably shouldn't be supported. But in cases with other authors where it was a mistake they didn't mean to do that they weren't un- they didn't totally understand the, the the breadth of their words in that situation uh i don't think they should be canceled or considered problematic i mean a great example is rick riordan he like if you read the first percy jackson series there's definitely some stuff in there. It's a little questionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, some wording, some phrases and stuff. It's not great. Mm-hmm. But since then, like, he's made up for it and then some. Because yeah. he realized what he said or wrote was not the best. And he changed it in his later writing. And he's done so much to support other authors and authors of mm-hmm. color. And, like, he's, I mean, he's a champion of the people, let's be honest. <laughs> I love Uncle Rick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But. Yeah, um, I I would very much agree. I think a lot of it is um, is like the unapologetic part that you were talking about, or the maybe the unwillingness to learn, um, yeah. just being fully stubborn, digging their heels in, and ignoring every bit of even sensible advice or sen- a sensible commentary that comes toward them, and it's just like, nah, I'm perfect the way I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep writing what I'm writing and hurting whoever on the on the way. Yeah. Um, I think that's problematic. I think that that um, is, y- you know, it's, it's, you're not willing to grow. And if you're not growing, you're dying. So mm-hmm. like, that's, um, yeah, I full, I'm just going to say, I fully agree with what you said. Like, that's what a problematic <laughs> author is, is somebody who's not willing to learn, not willing to, yeah to try and work and understand. Not that they have to agree with Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that they need to agree with but they need to at least kind of meet them halfway Mm -hmm. meet meet the commentators and the um the haters if you will meet them halfway and just be like yeah i hear you i Mm -hmm. i understand you and i i will try to be more gracious about this even if i don't agree with it Mm -hmm. yeah i think uh i think a good example of what i would consider a problematic author is um stephanie meyer Hmm. what's her name the twilight Twilight series Series. woman yes stephanie meyer (laughs) correct yes (laughs) (laughs) that is her yes (laughs) 
so I haven't actually read Twilight. I watched the movies with some friends. Uh, but I just watched them for the first time like two weeks ago. <laughs> and it did... was a riot. And oh a half. yes, yes, it was it just was. a bunch of twenty somethings <laughs> sitting in a room going, "How did anybody agree that this was okay?" I I don't know. Yeah. And, Anyways, and, I cut you off. Continue. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and so, her, mm, I didn't realize this. Didn't know this until months and a half ago. I think. But she appropriated some native culture in mm-hmm. order to create the world and culture for the werewolves, mm-hmm. Jacob's family, and that that's not okay. I mean, she she did research and she went to those tribes and she talked to them and she did research on it and they were they vocalized the fact that it wasn't okay for her to do this and she did it anyways. Mm-hmm. And so in that case, it's like people told her like this isn't okay. Mm-hmm. And she still did it. So, in my opinion, that would be an example of a problematic author. Yeah. And I think part of the not okay part is, one, she took everything that they told her, mm-hmm. one for one, but changed very specific things Yeah, that made the werewolves seem more savage than the Cullens. Yeah. Which is something that is permeated native american yep uh you know the the understanding of what who native americans are right for generations like that's um i think that's that's the key issue it's not that she was writing about a different people group or about a different culture it was the fact that she went and said i'm gonna take what i want from your culture and leave everything that you find really important yes um yeah, so I think that that's just like a key little right. little important piece when talking about yes. about her. It's not just like, oh, she went and wrote about a different culture, let's cancel her. It's right, right, she right. was disrespectful to what they had shared with her. Yes. And then they got that's it was a it's a tribe of about like under um I think it's under 10,000 people. So it's like yeah, very very it, small. I that's probably even a way too big of a number. I think it's about you know, 5,000 something. Like, it's a tiny, tiny mm-hmm. community, a very right. specific tribe um, in the Pacific Northeast, Northwest, that didn't get any monetary back mm-hmm. kick- kickback from right. the books, from the movies, or whatever. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's an issue. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's not, I don't think it's wrong to write about other cultures. No. I mean, I draw a lot of inspiration from cultures all around the world, but the the, the point is making sure that you are respectful of mm-hmm. their culture and you mm-hmm. don't take it to shade them as savage people or whatever it may be. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so moving on to how culture would define problematic authors. <laughs> yeah. It's, I. <laughs> it's almost hard to define. <laughs> I, because it changes like every week, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. it's one of those things like if an author writes Okay, hold on. Let me <laughs> let me gather my thoughts. So I've seen this I've seen this in two ways where it's it, an author will write a character who is racist, homophobic, generally just a bad person. Yep. And the 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 book community or the the people consuming that media will automatically assume that that is what the author believes mm-hmm. or thinks, mm-hmm. which is usually not the case. Yep. And so that 
is is how like the cancel trains start yep people are like hey did you see what this character said did you see what this character did like how dare they this author is awful for writing this into a story right and then it'll either be that or it'll be like there'll be like one sort of situation where um oh as an example geez uh, let's say like a gay character dies that mm-hmm. the um the the trope of the gay person dying before the end of the story is a big one that permeates mm-hmm. most liter- a lot of the books that I've read. Yep. Um so I can understand completely why that is something that people are like again like mm-hmm. why. Yep. And so that is a smaller example of like people being like oh if the gay person dies in the end this person is clearly homophobic mm-hmm. like do not read any of their stuff. So those are kind of, like, the two situations. And I'm not saying, like, that's the only reason people get canceled. I'm saying that's an example. Um, But in my being in the book community and seeing that stuff, that's kind of the two ways that I've seen that play out. um, Or did they just say nonsense online and you're like, (laughs) why are you on Twitter? (laughs) Why? Someone needs to take this away from you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, I actually saw something on Instagram with... uh, Adele isn't allowed to use her own Instagram. The one time that she did, did you, do you follow her on Instagram? Did she do an Instagram live? No, it was like a post. Like she oh, then did I didn't her, see this, no. She did her hair up in, um, oh, I forgot what they're called. It was to commemorate, um, like she was like commemorating Jamaican culture. Okay. Um, I could actually probably look it up and show it to you right now. I believe in you. <laughs> Adele Jamaican. That's all I typed into Google. <laughs> Yikes. I'm sure Just that this has right gone up. well. Yeah. So, like, this is what she posted. Okay. Uh, and it was... It did not go well on Instagram, as you can probably... I'm sure it did not. And then my question yeah. is, was it a bunch of white people that got up in arms about it and did the the white savior thing Mm, or was it a bunch of jamaican people that were like hey that's our culture please don't right right yeah because there's an aspect of that as well yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i would be very interested to see like the demographic of commenters and people that were like up in arms about her putting her hair in that hairstyle yes yeah and i mean i didn't really look too much into it i just thought of it that's fine uh yes it's almost like okay can someone Someone take that away from me, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, got way off track there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have to agree. I think I was talking to another friend actually about this and how, especially as as a writer, it's it's hard to with facing this cancel culture and the whole idea of pr- authors being problemat- problematic. It's like, what can I write? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what I I'm almost scared to put words on paper in fear that somebody's going to tell me that I like wrote something incredibly offensive Mm -hmm. that I just didn't even realize but Mm -hmm. anyways we were talking and it it does it feels like when there's a character even if like they're they're obviously like an evil character or like Mm -hmm. a villain and they're like you know homophobic or racist it's like it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it's like which doesn't I mean in my opinion, if there is a character that is clearly evil or, like, clearly just not morally responsible, I guess, mm-hmm. 
it's okay to write them accurately that way because mm-hmm. somebody who's not agree. morally <laughs> who doesn't care about morals isn't going to you know be nice mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah it no, just I'm wouldn't with you. it wouldn't make sense and and so i don't know i feel like in that especially in that sense it doesn't it it, it does not make sense for a reader to call an author out on that yeah because it's like well this would be the worst character in the world right like wouldn't you want to go fight him with lasers if you saw him in the street and like in your real life not just on paper like why yeah Yeah. he makes for a compelling he or she makes for a compelling villain because of their belief system because of how they're going about what they're doing yeah 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 that and that and like it sounds harsh but the real world is full of racist homophobic homophobic people yeah it is it is and so like not that people should be i i don't think people should be racist or homophobic at all it's 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 wrong it's hurtful and but to write a book without any kind of moral grayness and and Mm -hmm. people who don't align themselves with the greater good is just unrealistic Mm mm-hmm and also kind of boring. Right. Like, not supporting either of those things at all, but in order for your, your main character or the person that you're rooting for to have anything compelling to fight against, you need the other person to have <laughs> opposing viewpoints. Yes. <laughs> and or opposing methods. Yes. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, <laughs> we've come to a place where we can't disagree anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think if everybody is thinking the same way and believing the same way and understanding everything exactly the same way, we become a very boring world. Yeah. We've, yep. I think there's a point where we've lost the ability to have dialogue Yeah. Um, on both sides. I yep. think, you know, if you're talking about your conservative friends, you're talking about your liberal, liberal friends, like everybody who is on those far ends, I think mm-hmm. has lost the ability to communicate with somebody that they don't agree with. Yep. Um didn't mean to make that political but (laughs) (laughs) i guess we're there um but even in like the in the book community you have the author on one side you have the 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 haters on the other side let's say if they don't have the the grace or the ability or the patience to like talk and communicate Mm -hmm. nothing is going to get done right nothing society's not going to move forward right you know the the world is going to keep turning it'll just (laughs) turn and look at us and go what are you doing like have a conversation don't (laughs) yell yeah exactly and i think this is something that i get really frustrated when trying to talk to people who do have different views it's 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 really hard to have a conversation and if anything it just makes me not want to talk to that person right because it it's like i can't i can't talk to you without feeling like you think i'm stupid or without getting into a yelling match about something that is most likely at the end of the day not worth it uh mm-hmm. yeah there's yeah there's definitely been like a disconnect there and like how we can have a civil conversation about things that we disagree on mm-hmm. and still be friends at the end of the day yeah i think that's an important skill to have like yeah. it i have several friends that i don't agree with mm-hmm. on anything um not on anything but on you know some <laughs> some on bigger points where i'm like you and i are just not gonna see eye to eye on this and yeah but I can agree with you on these things that I feel like ties us closer than those other things. So yeah. it, 
yeah, it's it's just important to have that that communication, that honest communication, but that graceful communication. Yeah, exactly. And so with all of that in mind and and it just really comes down to the conversation of can we separate the art from the artist? And for the book community, that leads into the whole the death of an author movement, Mm -hmm. which was spurred on by an essay written by a man called uh, named Roland Bards. Uh, If you literally just look up the death of an author, it'll pop up. It'll be like the first thing that pops up, but I'll also link to it in the notes for this show if you want to read it. Um, So that's really this conversation comes down to can we separate the art from the artist or not Mm -hmm. and it's a tough question i think it comes down to like a personal conviction yeah i don't think there's a right or wrong answer i think it's if if you know or you have found a part in a book or something about an author that you are that you don't agree with or that is bad for your mental health or hurts you in a way then absolutely do not support, do not read, do not be a part of that. Right. Um, and I know that that's hard because there's a lot of gatekeeping book people out there that are like, why haven't you read this book? Uh, yeah. And then <laughs> you get to it and you're like, because I don't freaking want to. Like, right, and, right. and you say that and people are like, well, okay, why? And then you have to get into the why. Like, I think we just, <laughs> I've said this a lot, but just be graceful to people who are like, yeah, I don't really want to read that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like that. Or right. like, I... I think your personal preference is you're totally allowed to have that and yeah. totally allowed to be okay with that. But at the same time, don't crucify people for enjoying what you don't. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and obviously there's a lot of nuance to that sentence, <laughs> but at the basis of it, if you and I disagree on a book, mm-hmm. we're still going to be friends because yeah. we agree on a lot of fundamentals the rest of our lives. Yeah. Even if you and I are both like, or you see something in a specific book that I like that you're Mm -hmm. like, "Mm, I don't love that that was in there. Yeah. You know, it, and it might be something that I am able to, I don't know how to phrase what I'm about to say, but it may be something that doesn't impact me in the same fashion that it would Mm. impact you. Yeah. Yep. I hope all of that made sense. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tracking. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I think, yeah, it really... It really does come down to personal personal preference, yeah. like you're saying. And I think some authors have started putting trigger warnings at the beginning of their books. Which I think is a great idea. It is. It's a fantastic idea. I don't know why books don't have, like, ratings like movies do. No kidding. Because, like... I've, I've been banging uh, on that drum forever. Yes, because it's not... Separating by age and then by genre is not enough. No. <laughs> it Like, you can't... And, like, the summary of the book is not going to tell you what triggers there are. Yeah. Like, it's just... <sighs> yeah, there definitely should be ratings for books. Mm-hmm. Definitely. There are a lot of websites that you can look up books and get trigger warnings for. Yeah. So, like, I would definitely just, like, Google search book trigger warnings because mm-hmm. there are, like, search engines that you can plug books into and, like, yeah. find those yep. if you're not sure or if you, like, really want to know about something. Yep. Yeah. yeah, which is definitely a great tool to... For sure. Uh, make use of so i can actually put some links for those in the notes of the show as well for you guys uh yeah i it's really it's so difficult when you come to like there's some examples of some authors where it's like 
their views were clearly seeping into into their work. Uh, here's a very obvious one. <laughs> um, so Flannery O'Connor is wow racist. <laughs> Just yikes. Uh, one of his books, it's one of his most beloved works, is called A Good Man is Hard to Find. The English title, as in England, uh, is The Artificial N-Word and Other Tales. Oh. Like, oh, oh, good. I'm sorry. How how does that relate at all to the other title? When was this guy alive? 1925 to 1964. Oh, so right in the sweet spot. Yeah. Yep. Yikes. Also, like, yikes. He died young. That's unfortunate. But... Uh, <laughs> I like that the tagline on this is, like, it has its name, it has what the works are, and then it goes, most problematic issue. And then it just says, uh, you guessed it, racism. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If you couldn't tell from the title of one of his books, I'm just going to give it to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's things like that mm-hmm. <laughs> where where authors' beliefs obviously seeped into their writing. And so that's like a whole other level of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know. I mean, personally, I just wouldn't read it. <laughs> right. But how do you then handle that as a culture? Sure. You know? Sure. I don't know. If, if you want to handle oh, that rhetorically or try yeah. to answer. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know if that I have a real answer. I think that's a rhetorical question. Of yeah. like, Because I think if somebody had an answer, they would have told us it. You know? I yeah. feel like we would, as a society, be a little bit better if people had an answer Yeah. for what we're supposed to do with that. You would think. <laughs> yeah. You would think. We've been around yeah. for, I don't know, how many thousands of years? And here we are, still dealing with the same problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One other thing that I wanted to just, like, talk about is that I think there's also an onus on editors and publishing companies to have diverse beta and gamma readers mm-hmm. for their authors. Yeah. Um, because those are the people that are going to pick out those things. And if the author is somebody who is not actually meaning that, those they'll listen to what those secondary readers have to say. Yes. Um, And I think that that's, I'm not saying that an author shouldn't learn and do their research and like uh, be as aware of things as possible beforehand. Yeah. But having as many catch-alls as possible before the book hits shelves. Yeah. Is hyper important. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I think, I don't know. I, I'd almost say, especially with authors, you know it's not intentional. You'd almost, I'd almost say, like, don't blame it on the author as much as the sensitivity readers or their editors. Because mm-hmm. they, they should be catching that stuff. Yeah. That's their job. And so, like, obviously, you can't put... There's onus all around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't put all the blame on one person. It's sure. an entire team that makes this book get on the shelves. Yeah. Yep. Um, something, there are a few quotes I want to share here. Uh, so, from this article I read, trying to find the author real quick, it's from cardiffstudentmedia.co.uk. Uh, and 
trying to find the author by Alex Dodd Briggs. So a uh, quote he had, I thought was really good is an idea I've always liked is Stuart Hall's encoding and decoding model. Think about the author's stance and what messages they're incorporating into their work throughout the writing and imagery, and then think about what you get out of the text. It could be completely in line with their views or something totally different. This at least gives you a better idea of whether or not what you're reading is something you find morally troubling, and then you can more easily decide if it's time to let the author go. And I think that's, I think that's a really good way to approach a book mm-hmm. is to kind of take a step back from it. Once you've come across something that you, you might find troubling, you can take a step back and, and just think about it as a whole mm-hmm. and, and decide then for yourself whether you should stop reading it or maybe try to avoid that author. Yeah. It goes back to critical reading skills. We learned yeah. those in third grade. Like, well, some of us did. Okay. <laughs> All right. You should have learned that in like third grade. Uh, where when you're reading something, you read between the lines almost. Yeah. Like you are supposed to, to analyze as you're reading. And mm-hmm. I think that we need to to work on being smarter readers and yeah. Um, yeah. And not taking things at, at surf, surface level because these sometimes authors are very surface level and sometimes they're trying to get you to read depths. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's another yeah, another really important thing to take into consideration. And yeah, there's a lot of levels to this. Yeah, well you could probably do a mini series on this if you wanted to. Probably. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh so I just kinda wanna I'm gonna round out back to uh, J.K. Rowling, just because she's probably the most well-known troublemaker in this area. <laughs> yeah, she's a really good example of divorcing the author. Yeah, yeah. It, it's this is this is really when the death of an author part comes in because it's. I mean, I didn't personally grow up with Harry Potter, and so I I don't have that connection. A lot of other people have because you also read them in college, right? I read them later in life, but yeah. still feel a very deep connection to them just because of mm-hmm. what they are. I think yeah. that they're magical and they're so interwoven into our pop culture. Like, yep. yeah. Yeah. And so like, I don't, cause there, there are some people, it's like they grew up with Harry Potter. Right. And so it's, it's just like this heartbreaking moment mm-hmm. and a uh, quote from another article uh, by Rhiannon Thomas. I really hope I said that right. Rhiannon. Rhiannon. Okay. Yeah. Rhiannon Thomas. Thank you, linguistist. <laughs> linguistist. Linguist. 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 Wow. Yikes. I'm an English major. <laughs> Read your oh, book. No. <laughs> uh, so she says, quote, most of all, it is awful for trans and non-binary fans of the Harry Potter series who have faced the biggest and most upsetting betrayal, end quote. And I read that and was like, yeah, okay. That puts it in perspective a bit more. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I already was like, yeah, this isn't great. I don't, don't like that she did this, but it wasn't until reading that, like the betrayal using, that was a great word to use. Just, it is. Cause it hurts. It does. Like that, I can't imagine, like JK has never been one of my favorite authors, but I love her series. Yeah. But I can't imagine one of my favorite authors saying something that like so completely devastated me. Oh yeah. And I- like, one of my heroes just like ripping apart my entire belief like mm-hmm. that would 
hurt so bad. Yeah. It would hurt so bad. Yeah. So I can't, I cannot even imagine what that, what was that three years ago? What that was like for folks. Um, yeah, we've been in two years of pan, of panorama. <laughs> so, uh, like I, it, it would, yeah, it would just be devastating. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I can't, I don't know if this is just really harsh, but like, don't, meet your don't meet your heroes don't idolize your the people you look up to because it just gives them a much farther way to fall and they will fall oh yeah i mean they're human Mm -hmm. we're we're all human and we're always going to disappoint each other yeah it's just part of life and i mean you're absolutely right like you can't put people up on that pedestal and then expect them to never hurt you you can hope but yeah it'll probably happen eventually. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot more we could talk about. <laughs> so <laughs> we much talk more. For so long. <laughs> we could talk for a very long time, <laughs> but like I said, this is a series I'm going to be continuing in the podcast, uh, covering very specific authors and kind of talking through their problematicness. Mistakes. Yes. Their mistakes, <laughs> their problematicness. Yeah. And um, we'll probably have Noelle back again to oh, talk about of some of them. <laughs> uh, but I do uh, uh, hope, I cannot say for sure, but I hope to have J.K. Rowling as the first author that I'll talk about. Um, I have a very specific person I'd like to have on the podcast to talk about that with. Uh, so depending on her schedule may or may not be the first one. Yeah. But... Just to kind of give you guys a rundown of how I'm going to do those episodes so you are prepared and don't come in expecting something totally different. Uh, I, I'm i not going to, like, I'm not going to sit there and just slam the author the entire episode. Like, that's not what I'm about. I'm going to discuss the problematic aspects of the author, and that's also what the guest is for. Um, they're going to talk about the author and and why they feel the author's problematic and kind of discuss their own experience in that and how they handled that. Uh, And then I'm also going to talk about the effect of their work in the literary community. Mm Because, I mean, especially just continuing with J.K. Rowling as an example, her her books are literally woven into pop culture, like Noelle said. And so it's... When you have an author that is (laughs) that big of a deal (laughs) who does something this stupid... (laughs) It's a very difficult line to maneuver. Yeah, it's hard to walk. Yep. Yeah. So, in the future, that is how those episodes will be handled. And if you have any comments or specific authors you would like me to talk about, feel free to hit me up on the uh, podcast Instagram page, which is femfatal.pod. And shall we close out with our current reads? Sure. Um... I am currently reading Dance of Thieves, um, which is a YA, like, fantasy, I guess, yeah, I guess it'd be fantasy. I, for whatever reason, like, there needs to be an element of magic for me to go, like, yeah, fantasy. <laughs> There's not a ton of magic in this, but there is, it, it is a fantasy. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty, like, medieval, mm-hmm. um, about a, uh, a former thief who is now a part of the royal guard of this queen um who is trying to take down this 
really powerful family and then she and the main guy meet and it's one of those situations Mm. so Mm -hmm. i'm enjoying it so far it's very ya so it's (laughs) one of those things that i'm like slogging through a little bit in certain areas interesting um because there are certain things that are just like predictable as heck oh yeah um and also the characters a lot of ya characters to me always feel like reader stand-ins Oh, um, yep. Like that's <laughs> to ask what, the questions. Yeah, like that was what Bella in Twilight was. She was literally just like a cardboard slate for the for the reader to put themselves in. Um, uh, yeah, she's yeah, it's a problem. Um, and so it's like I get a little bit of that where there's like just very tropey mm-hmm. main characters. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's a fun romp. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Uh, so I blew through like five books, <laughs> five audiobooks at work last week. <laughs> I just I was re-reading the Uglies series by Scott Westerfeld. So I got through Uglies so fast, and thankfully it stood up to its former glory from when I read it in middle school. <laughs> from the school. first round? <laughs> yes. Nice. I read it in middle school for the first time. Like, first of all, I feel like I was too young to read it then. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing super explicit, but it was just like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went through the entire selection series by Kira Cass. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Are there like five books in that? Well, so the there's two, three in the original series, and okay. then there's two after books. Okay. About like the daughter, the after effects, the after effects. That's a better way to put it. Got it. Okay. Yep. Um, and so, so I was not totally expecting to like the selection series just because I read the first two chapters in the doctor's office, like two or three years ago mm-hmm. and it was like mm, nope <laughs> and also the covers look the way that they do yes that is also a thing <laughs> yeah. yeah those like mid 2000s yeah. to early 2010s yep. covers yeah were rough yeah real rough very rough yeah yep and so i listened to those and just i just fell in love with them mm-hmm. <laughs> uh it's literally fantasy dystopian the bachelor <laughs> <laughs> For young adults. Of course. Good. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a young adult series, so it's it was super easy to get through. I think I listened to it on like 1.75 two times speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I got through it really fast. There are certain books that I'm just like, all right, we're flying through this. Yes. Sucker. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so it was, it was just like a fun little series. I, like one of those like, I just need, like, a fluffy romance right now. <laughs> oh, girl. I get that. <laughs> yeah. So that was my fluffy romance series. Uh, and then the the Ugly series, for those of you who don't know what it's about, it's about the society where they believe that, well, people, a bunch of people died off because of a, um, like, an oil pollution thing. It's... A little complicated because science and I'm an English major. <laughs> science, no compute. Yes, exactly. And uh, so a bunch of people died off, and then this new society that rose up. It's like okay, people kept getting into wars and killing each other because they judged everyone based off of their appearance. And so now everyone gets this operation at a certain age that will make you like objectively pretty. 
That's a wild concept. Right? That is wild. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm gonna have to process that for a minute. How is that what society decided? Anyways, continue. Yes, I don't know. And, and so, so like the, if the Instagram influencers like rose up and took power? <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Yes, everyone wears a filter all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Perfect. Uh, and so there's a, there's a lot more to it than that, but uh, the main character it meets somebody who's super against the operation, and her the friend that she meets runs away to join this kind of society outside of society, and then she is kind of blackmailed by the government into spying on her friend and going and finding her, and so mm-hmm. yeah, it was it's a it is a good series. It sounds really weird to be honest. <laughs> it sounds weird. And it like, is a concept. Yes. It is a concept. <laughs> yes. But, like, sometimes those make the best books. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's, like, it's a, it's a good read. I think, especially, like, for younger, uh, especially now with filters and everything mm-hmm. and all the social media things, it's a good, like, concept for younger readers to learn of, like, hey, appearance isn't actually the most important thing in the world. Right. <laughs> you have special qualities about you which make you who you are. Mm-hmm. Be proud. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, that's what I was reading. <laughs> Lovely. Yes. Yeah. So anything that you would like to plug today? Oh, just my small little podcast. Um, <laughs> I host a sports podcast with two of my buddies from home. It's called the CNC Replay. You can find it on any streaming platform. Um, we talk big four Detroit sports. So I'm sure we'll be talking about the Lions game uh, that's mm. going on right now, I think. Uh, for those of you who are listening and care, the Lions won, which what? nobody thought was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Who were they playing? The Cardinals. Yeah, it's uh, the final score was 30-12. to 12. So that'll be something we'll talk about because nobody thought that they were going to win any games this season. Well, they this is their second win. This is the second win, so it's a real anomaly. Wow. Yeah. But anyways, for some hard-hitting <laughs> sports journalism, and by that I just mean me and my three friends chatting and yelling at each other, uh, <laughs> head over to the CNC Replay. <laughs> Yes, yes, uh, and you can find that on Spotify. Yeah, Apple. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, nice, all of the things. Nice, very nice. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me again. Yes, always love talking about this. <laughs> yes, it's been a joy. Bombarding people with my opinions. Yes. It's a great time. Yes, always. That's what we're here for. <laughs> That's why people listen to podcasts, right? True, true. <laughs> and they are not listening to it live, so they can't do anything about it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so thank you again for joining me today and thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I'd love it if you tell friends and family about it because that's the best way to help the podcast grow and you can find the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and you can also find it on Stitcher now and you can find the Instagram at femfatale.pod. And I will not be back next week because of the holidays, but I will be back the first Wednesday of January. So I hope you all have a lovely Christmas, and I will be back in two weeks. 